When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. You're listening to the Auburn Express. What's up in War Eagle War Report family? You got Ike Jones. We are here live from SEC Media Days, day one. What should we expect? Talk a little bit about it right here on the morning drop. Y'all know how we do War Report style. Just drop it on. Morning drop. We're here this morning. You got Ike Jones in here with my man, Mike G. Sup, baby? Yeah, we are live from Nashville. The SEC Media Days kicks off today um, around noon. Uh, the first coach will go up. Ike, I'm super excited to uh, hear from the coaches this week and uh, learn a little bit more about the direction of every program uh, in the SEC West and on the other side of the conference. Yeah, man, it's going to be interesting this week, man. We we experienced SEC Media Days last week, excuse me, last year. Uh, it was in Atlanta, different venue this time here in Nashville this time. Look, a lot less walking for us this time around, right? We're not going to have to go to different buildings. You don't, you guys don't know anything about how we, the walk, just trust me, there was a lot of walking last year, not as much of that this year. Um, but Commissioner Greg Sankey set to address everybody around 11.30 Central Time today. So um, looking forward to hearing what he has to say. We've got conference expansion stuff. We've got the new scheduling stuff that's come out. This is going to be the first time he's had a major media address surrounding that sort of thing. Um, so I, I wonder if there are going to be questions about this final year of a lot of these traditional rivalries, potentially. Have they made any plans moving forward? Because, you know, they said that this next this first season was just kind of a stopgap. Have they gone ahead and made any additional plans? A lot of stuff to talk about this week with Commissioner Sankey for sure. Yeah, listen, the last year of the SEC as we know it. So they're going to start with the expansion, and it's going to be a try. I expect there to be a lot of questions for Mr. Sankey about, you know, what's going on? You know, like, how is this going to look? You know, what are the goals? You know, how are Oklahoma and Texas getting adjusted and acclimated to the idea of being in an expanded SEC? So I expect a lot of questions about that. Um, I'm sure 
there are going to be some questions about rule changes and all kinds of stuff going on this week. So we sat down with Greg Senke last year, Ike, and I expect we'll sit, sit down with him again this year and, and, you know, pass us your questions. Tweet at us. What questions do you have for Greg Sankey? Yeah, uh, we're going to sit down with him and talk about it. Yeah, in addition to Greg Sankey, we've got uh, Brian Kelly, LSU head coach, Elia Drinkwitz, the Missouri head coach, and everybody's war report favorite, Jimothy T. Fisher, We'll be getting up and addressing people for Texas A&M. So if you guys have any things that you would like for us to listen, we're going to be in the rooms asking questions to all of these coaches. So if there's anything that you guys want to hear about some of them, let us know as well, because we're not just here to cover Auburn. We're here to cover the SEC today, uh, this week. So make sure that you guys get those into us at the War Report on Twitter so that we can get those questions in. Yeah, I, Brian Kelly goes first. So, um, uh, Captain... Uh, Practice. <laughs> Will uh, goes first for uh, the LSU Tigers. Uh, the Tigers won the West last year, and uh, there goes, there's going to be a lot of pressure on them to repeat that feat this year. Uh, I think Jaden Daniels returns, does he not? Jaden Daniels returns, um, and so you know, having an incumbent quarterback, which there are not a ton. Uh, remind me for one, there are not a ton of incumbent quarterbacks this year. I think a lot of teams are going to be starting brand new starters this year. Yeah, absolutely. Jaden Daniels comes to mind. Uh, Spencer Rattler comes to mind. Um, but gosh, man, outside of that, like who's returning? Kentucky doesn't have a returning starter. Vandy doesn't have a returning starter. Mm. Georgia doesn't. Bama doesn't. We don't. Florida doesn't. Um, so Mississippi State will have a, an, an incumbent quarterback there at the helm there. Presumably, Ole Miss is going to have another guy in there that's going to be a returning starter. Texas A&M, Connor Wickman didn't start the season, but it looks like he'll be returning as a starter over there. So, yeah, not a lot of guys that are going to be coming into year two here in the SEC or uh, year two and even in their program. So it's going to be interesting to see how Jaden Daniels in year two matures in that offense. Last year, it really was a kind of virtue of his legs that what made him so successful. It wasn't so much his arm. So we'll see if he develops a little bit more in his ability to pass within that offense. Uh, so I think there's some questions about LSU and and how they're going to duplicate really what was some unexpected or unprecedented early success under uh, Brian Kelly in year one. So uh, I'm looking forward to hearing how he addresses the media in terms of that. Yeah, listen, um, LSU has a task. They have a task this year, and it's going to be difficult I think to repeat that feat, Alabama has some questions at quarterback. If there were any year they were going to do it, and this would kind of be the year for Brian Kelly. So I expect there to be questions about NIL, um, you know, how uh, programs are progressing, you know, with their collectives uh, operating within the rules of NIL. There's going to be a big, a lot of questions this week. Uh, but for Brian Kelly in particular, um, you know, recruiting and maintaining the standard. This is the last year that Auburn. Well, not the last. I should say the last year, but uh, the regular rivalry between Auburn and LSU goes away this year. Uh, we're here, so uh, you know. I wonder if Brian Kelly knows the significance, Ike, of this rivalry that has been played every year for as long as we can remember. Not happening after this year. So it's down in Baton Rouge this year. Uh, I'll be interested to see uh, uh, what he has to say about that. You know, we're, we're dropping an interview uh, with our guy. You guys have seen the preview, Coy Moore. You know, during our fireside chat with him, he talks a little bit about the significance of playing LSU in Bad Rouge. This is his last chance to do it. Um, and it's going to be interesting to see. It's going to be interesting to see how the Tigers match up. You know, LSU has 
an opportunity here to kind of, I, I don't want to say pull even with Alabama, but there's a chance. Uh, there's a lot of people who feel like a changing of the guard is at hand. And Saban is near the end of his career. And if Alabama were ever gettable, now is the time for uh, Brian Kelly and LSU Tigers to take advantage of that. So we're going to have some questions for him in that regard uh, today. Yeah, I think it's interesting, right? You talk about the changing of the guard. It's so difficult. Like, we're not normally, like, I'm trying to, like, not turn and talk to you. You're sitting right here next to me so, and pretend. But I, I want to talk to you guys out here in the audience as well. But, um, yeah, so I think it is interesting to, to hear about do people feel as if the SEC is gettable right now? Because for so many years, it just seemed as if the, the power dynamic was what it was. Um, I, I'm, I'm actually interested to hear Nick Saban's thoughts on this when he gets a chance to come up to the podium. You know, does, does he feel as if now, because remember last year, um, notably, when you heard Kirby Smart come out here and said he's not going to be hunted, right? Um, I wonder if Brian Kelly's going to have that thought process of like, hey, we made it close to the top, but we don't feel we're, we're still hungry for more. And we're not going to be the hunted now that we're not going to be functioning with this target on our back. And, but similarly, I wonder how Nick Saban feels right in an era where he isn't the apex predator that people fear anymore. Right now, does that fuel him in a certain way? Does he care? Like, of course, he's fun to brighter, but like, I don't care what anybody thinks. We're just going to do what we got to do it in our program. Like, I, I understand the Nick Saban thought process around that sort of thing, but I do think it's interesting, or it's going to be interesting for me to hear some of these coaches address kind of where they sit along the hierarchy of how people pre predict them to be and how that weighs on their locker rooms and the way that they approach their seasons. Yeah. I've, second, going second today is Jimbo Fisher. Now, <laughs> there should be a ton of questions for this guy. Um, if you if there is any coach in the SEC West that's on the hot seat, it's Jimbo Fisher. Jimbo Fisher is flush on the hot seat. They paid him a boatload of money. They backed up the Brinks truck to his front yard. They got they dropped a boatload of cash on him, and the results have not been um, what I think fans would expect. Uh, for a guy not who for that price check. No, not, not for that price tag. You, you expect a little bit more. Yeah. Well, I would say in the SEC, for any price tag at all, it's 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 difficult. I mean, Hugh Freeze is making just over six million dollars a year, and the expectation is bowl game. Jimbo Fisher didn't even make a bowl game last year. I, I mean, good God, you had what was widely believed to be the best recruiting class in the history of college football, and you didn't make a bowl game. Right. You struggled at quarterback. And as an offensive head coach, you were piss poor offensively. I hope that the media holds his feet to the fire this week about the product that they put on the field offensively. And, you know, this reach for Bobby Petrino for, for evil Knievel to come in and try to fix the program. It is. Listen, Bobby Petrino is a good coach, but this is a desperation move. This is a desperation move because he's got to fix this immediately. Last year offensively was an absolute disaster. I hope there are 15 straight questions about that mess of an offense that we saw from Texas A&M last year. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to hear what his thoughts are coming out of the spring, you know, how the experiment's going thus far with the evolution of that offense and how much of this is going to be Hands off, Bobby Petrino, you have the show, and how much of this is going to be. He's got the show. Because remember, we talked to Hugh Freeze about this uh, when he initially had the questions. You asked him the question in his introductory press conference, what was the offense going to be like? And he's like, you know, I'm considering not calling plays this year. But then you fast forward a little bit more, and it, he backed off of that a little bit. And he's like, 
you know, well, I, I'm going to reserve the right to jump in there. You know, if, you know, I got something on, you know, I see something, I'm going to jump in. Like, I wonder if if that evolution starts to happen in Texas A&M where it's like, yeah, oh, it's him. Oh, no, it's him. But, you know, if I feel like, you know, I need to da-da-da, then I'm going, you know, so I think it's going to be interesting to see because when you're a coach that's used to calling plays, which Jimbo Fisher is, it's hard. We saw that with Gus Malzahn. I think we're going to see elements of that this year with Coach Hugh Freeze, and you're going to see it, in my opinion, with Jimbo Fisher. When you're used to calling plays, you are reluctant to release all of that responsibility to someone else, regardless of how competent that person is. So it's going to be interesting to see what the power dynamic is around play calling and decision making for that football team. Yeah, we've seen enough of Jimbo Fisher to know this play calling experiment should be over. This should be over. Now it's time for you to find a competent play caller to come in and figure this out. Uh, Auburn fans are not hoping for him to figure it out. I hope they, <laughs> they, they at, at least figure it out later in the season. You're, you know what I'm saying? Week five, seven, eight. Yeah, if you get it figured out, maybe we go to College Station and beat them and that prompts them to figure it out a little bit better. I'm, that's that's kind of my... Listen, I don't care if you have success outside of our week. Just don't have success the week we play. So, so it's, it's going to be interesting to see what Jimbo Fisher's answers are to all these questions. You know, he's got a lot to fix and he's got to fix it quickly. Um, he's going into what, like his fourth or fifth year here now uh, at, uh, at Texas A&M? Is this year four? I think this I think is year four. He came in 2019. Five, I don't know. Yeah. Year five. Uh, four, four or five years. I mean, either way, uh, he's deep into this tenure and he's got to figure it out. So he goes second today. Right. Um, lastly, Eli Drinkowitz, uh, the Missouri Tigers. Uh, so we get two two sets of tigers. B. Will says it's his sixth year coming up, and he is sixth definitely year. the Jimothy expert on the panel. So he knows exactly. Six years, in. man, and this is where you're at. I mean, arguably, you had one good season, which was 2020, the the COVID shortened season, right. where they had one loss. It was to Alabama. You know, you got Kellamond into the draft. At the time, I was giving him credit for that, but you know, ultimately, B. Will proved to be right, and look how it's turned out for him. So. Um, the uh, Missouri, Missouri goes last today. Uh, now, I'm not sure there are a ton of expectations on Missouri. That defense, they return a really good defense this year. Mm -hmm. uh, but there are going to be questions about them offensively as well, too. So uh, we'll sit in on Eli's session uh, and see what he has to say uh, to the masses about what's going on, you know, at Missouri. You know, they're kind of an overlooked program. I mean, for reasons, I mean, who who... Nobody sees Missouri on their schedule. Listen, I, I ain't gonna lie. I saw Missouri on our schedule last year, and I wasn't super excited about that. It turned out to be a super, way too exciting game last year for that. Uh, but I am, I, I am interested to kind of see what it feels like. I, I'm not so much interested in what Coach Drinkwitz has to say. I'd love to talk to Missouri fans and feel like what the temperament is on the fan base around their program and because it seems as if they're hovering in mediocrity since coming into the conference first two years, winning the SEC East, Missouri just hasn't, it, it, there's been no shine on that program since then. And it's, it's, I, I find it interesting kind of the dynamic of what happens with programs that hover in that space of just you're, you're in purgatory, essentially. Like it doesn't feel like you're making any progress. You're not really getting worse. You're just kind of where you are. And uh, I don't know. So I, I wonder what Coach Drinkwitz feels like. Uh, I'm sure he goes into every season feeling like, okay, we're going to make some strides, but it just never comes together. So it's just a really awkward place to be in if you're a Missouri Tiger. 
Uh, you know what's wild about this is, is that Missouri has made an SEC championship game since coming to the right. SEC. Texas A&M has not. Right. <laughs> they have not been to an SEC championship game in over 10 years of being in the conference. Missouri has done it. So, um, twice. Gonna, <laughs> twice, right? Yeah, so like, uh, there should maybe be less heat. I, I don't think Eli Drinkwitz's seat is hot. Nah. But um, certainly, you know, fans, after a while, sustained mediocrity gets hard to deal with. Yeah. So, you know, offensively, they can figure some things out. Uh, they played Georgia this 16 to 12 last year. Right. That's how good that defense was. Yeah. They, they definitely have some things to build upon. They have to figure that offense out as well. Um, so, speaking of return incumbent starters, Brady Cook is going to be an incumbent starter for Missouri. So, it's going to be interesting to see what he looks like coming up into another year in that program. War Report family, you are listening to The Morning Drop, where we talk about the most recent and relevant Auburn sports news. We broadcast live from The War Report's YouTube channel on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Friday mornings at 10 a.m. Eastern, 9 Central Time. You're welcome to come watch it live, but the live chat is reserved for our YouTube channel members only. So come on by, become a member, and get active in the best Auburn sports community on the webs. We'll be right back after we pay a couple bills. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped, streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. Thanks for sticking around through the ad break. Now here's the rest of your morning drop. Uh, we yeah. get things started this morning with Daniel Moultrie, who comes in and says, Ike and Mike G ask Jimbo if he or Petrino will be calling plays. We've already addressed that we intend to call, ask them. And if Petrino will be coming to work every morning on a Harley. I um, do think that's going to be a thing. But, uh, that Harley question is going to be bold. That's a bold <laughs> question. It's a bold move there, Daniel. Uh, I don't, I'm not sure I'll be the one to ask it. <laughs> yeah, that's a good way to make sure you don't get your name called for the rest of the week right there. Uh, Miller House jumps in and says, no grace for Jimbo. And this is in response to P-Pass saying, give Jimothy grace. Miller House says no immediately. There will be no grace to him. I don't know why P-Pass is advocating for grace. Um 
grace in what regard? Like, what does he need grace for? He's a head coach. He should answer questions about his program and the direction of that program. So, uh, no, there will be no grace issued. We'll give, we'll give no quarter, fast. no quarter. Agree. Uh, Chris S. jumps in and says, ask Kelly if he's been working on his Cajun accent. You guys are in a petty mood today. You want us to ask about Cajun accents and Harleys. Um, yeah, I, I, I think he's abandoned the Cajun accent. Uh, but, you know, it's one of those things. I'm, I'm, I'm guilty of this. When you're around uh, a certain group of people for a, a long enough time, you start to like there's a tonal thing that happens where you start to mimic what they've got going on. Uh, vocally, so maybe it'll happen with, for him after a period of time. He'll start to just naturally assimilate that accent into his. I don't know. Yeah, listen, um, he's trying hard to recruit down there in Baton Rouge. So, uh, you know, what they're doing down there, he's got to figure out a way to keep that momentum going. The SEC West is fickle, and it's really difficult to maintain momentum uh, once you think you found it. So, uh, the talent is there. He'll, I'm sure he'll be dancing and cooking his way into another good recruiting class. That's, again, why it's so impressive what Coach Saban has done, right? Because it's not – it's getting to the top. Uh, most people will tell you the climb to the top feels hard, but they realize it is drastically different to maintain a space at the top. So it's, it's – right. uh, what Coach Saban has done has been immaculate at Alabama. Props to him and the machine that is crank, continually cranking out championship-level football over there. But uh, hopefully that machine is uh, – Get a little rusty. We'll see. Uh, Derek McClellan comes in and says, in the lobby, repping my War Report t-shirt I won. Hey, that's what's hey, up. Hey, come hey. down there and say what's up to you at some point in time. Yeah, um, definitely. We're going to come down and say hi, Derek. Yeah. Uh, Anthony Grant jumps in and says, besides LSU, uh, who are the other schools scheduled for today? We already talked about that. So we got LSU, Texas A&M, and Missouri today, as well as an address from the commissioner. Uh, so we will have some sort of recap for that information for you all at some point in time. If you are a member, stay tuned. Um, I don't know. I think we'll, we'll, we'll kind of figure out what the schedule is going to be like for this week. This may be the only actual live warning drop that we do this week just because we're going to have uh, interviews popping off during this time. Uh, or we're going to have to bump up the morning drop. We'll figure that out as we get into the week and see what the schedule is looking like. Um, but we will definitely get you guys a recap of what happened today from the audience. Uh, Dana Jones jumps in and says, ask Sankey if there's going to be any more tweaks to recruiting the portal and NIL rules. So I'll let you address this uh, first. I'll say this from a recruiting standpoint. Uh, I'm sure they're still tinkering with that. The portal is not really the only thing I could see is whether or not they're going to get rid of the interconference transportal rule, a uh, transfer portal rule that they've had, because we're, we're the only conference I think that still has that limitation on whether or not you can transfer within the conference uh, and not have to sit out after a certain time. I don't think any of the other power, uh, power five conferences have that rule. So maybe there's going to have an adjustment for that. And that's something I could see uh, us getting into with him. But as far as NIL, there's not much the SEC can do around NIL because those are being handled at a state level. So, I, I mean, he can address it, but I don't know if there's much tweaks that the SEC can make when there's legislation that they have to get passed at the state level. What's your thoughts on these, Mike? Yeah, the SEC, they lobby. They lobby uh, state representatives and, you know, uh, uh, you know their political contacts uh, to try to unify the rules around NIL in every state. It's, it's different now. Politicians have dug their hands into this. Um, it's made it muddy. Uh, some of them are doing great work for their state. Others are not. And it makes it difficult when the rules are not the same, when they're not even for everybody uh, to get NIL straight. So 
Uh, we'll have some questions for him around that. Certainly, we'll see how the day goes. But you know, when he comes to sit down with us, this may be something that we talk about with him directly. Um, Aunt Robinson jumps in and says, "Ask Commissioner Sankey what did they think about the ske- what do they think about the scheduling in the near future? I think this is going to be a hot button topic. I think a lot of people will be poised to have scheduling questions going beyond the year 2024." Yeah, scheduling is going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting because Florida got the hardest schedule I've ever seen. Yeah. Like like 11 P5 schools, like 11 uh, on a schedule. We, we're going to have to ask Napier about this, right? Like when he gets in here, we need to figure out, is he mad at somebody for trying to like kill him? Like what? 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 Why are y'all doing this to this man? But it's not fair. They They have the most unreal schedule ever coming down the pipeline for 2024. And uh, I have to, I've got to ask Napier who he pissed off. Yeah, look, their out of conference is, to some extent, is their responsibility, is, is their fault, right? You know, Florida State, obviously, that's their in-state out of conference rival, um, you know, but, you know, they play UCF and I think it's Clemson that they have on the schedule yes. as well, too. Like, <laughs> good God, man. Like, <laughs> talk about an unlucky draw for them. Uh, the only cupcake that they re- truly have on the schedule is Sam. Right. And so uh, scheduling definitely will be, uh, um, I think, Oklahoma has a pretty tough first-year slate in the SEC as well, too. So um, I felt like RP Oklahoma when I saw that. <laughs> so we'll see. But, yes, we will definitely ask Napier about his schedule toy toy I'm interested. Next year's uh, SEC media days is going to be so interesting now that we have the new uh, folks coming into the conference. So going to be interested to see what that looks like. And, and, and then, like right now, with more teams further west, are they considering moving more of the events a little bit further west? Because right, because you know we've been in the heart of Nashville, Atlanta. I mean, they went all the way to Tampa for the basketball tournament last year, which was ridiculous. Um, but like, I'm wondering if they're going to try to find a city that's a little more centralized to this new landscape of the SEC to start having this stuff. I think they're in under contract here with Nashville for a couple of years, but um, that that might be an interesting question to ask Commissioner Sankey. Is there a consideration to moving the base of operations for what they do for something more centralized to the new footprint that the SEC currently has? Uh, P. Pass says, "Grace to butter him up for Week Four grilling on the sponsor grill." So. Getting a little Golden's cast iron shout out right yeah. there. Um, but yeah, I mean, listen, I don't, I don't I, listen, he can be dead meat by the time we hit week four. I don't care. I have, I, again, I give no quarter, no reverse psychology happening for me with Jimbo Fisher. If I got a question, I'm going to ask him. Um, but we definitely want to feel, feel, uh, fill out that whole situation. Uh, the Walker Show jumps in and says, what day does Auburn open for questions? That is tomorrow. Tomorrow, Auburn will be on the docket. So we'll have Coach Hugh Freeze and the three representatives from the team, uh, Luke Steele, Cam Stutz, and Elijah McAllister will all be here tomorrow representing Auburn. Uh, last one we have here, we'll get it wrapped up. Anthony Grant, I just wanted to end it on a happy note. He says, proud of you guys, man. We've seen the hard work from the beginnings. Blessings for show. Props to you. Thank you, Anthony. You have been here. Yeah. One of the day ones. We appreciate you very much, my guy. We appreciate all of you guys. For continuing to support what we got going on. Any final thoughts before we get out of here this morning, Mike? Uh, no, listen, man, it's going to be a great week. Um, I saw some, there were some questions about when he freeze goes. He goes on Tuesday. 
uh, which is tomorrow. So uh, Tuesday will be follow us on Tuesday. We're going to have a ton of content dropping uh, this week, but Tuesday is Auburn's day. So we're going to be following Hugh Freeze and the player representatives that they've chosen. Um, Cam Stutz, Elijah McAllister and uh, Luke Deal are coming coming this week. So we'll be with those guys all day tomorrow. Yep, absolutely. All right. Well, we'll be back at you guys later. Until the next time, and it's all War Eagle. Peace. Peace.